0: Today we're moving into the Big Five series, and the idea behind this series, it's a series about questions, but what this is really about is these are questions that Jesus asked his disciples that are they're the five biggest questions we need to ask ourselves every day. I'm sure that, that your life is full of questions. Um, let's, let's make sure you're awake. Turn to someone next to you and, and tell them the last question somebody asked you. Go. Wake up. Let's go. Come on. So I was, I was thinking about this. I had the opportunity um, last week, uh, and by the way, I just want to say Pastor Jay did a great job last week. Um, I, I went down to South Carolina for a couple days, and, and I'm just so thankful to have a wonderful staff um, with, with so much talent and, and just so many people that are drawn close to God that, that you know, I, I don't have to be up here and I know that, that God's going to speak. And so thank you, Pastor Jay, for, for bringing God's word to us last week. Um, but, but the reason I, I wasn't up here last week is I went down to South Carolina. I try to go down once a year to where I used to live. And so this, this past week when I went, I, I had two people with me. I had Bobby Bowden with me. And then I had my son, Charlie. I talk about Charlie all the time up here. Charlie brings a lot of good stories to our family. And, and so Charlie is five years old, and he has entered the stage of questioning everything, like next level questions. So I was thinking about questions and the questions we face. If you have like a, a two-year-old, maybe a two, three-year-old, you probably get one question all the time. What is it? Why? And it consistently is, why? And you answer, well, why? And you answer that, well, why? And it goes forever. So that's the two to three year old questioning. But then they get to five years old and they start to think like next level. They start to think about why things happen and what's going on. And they stop just asking that simple why question and they start asking these much bigger questions. And so we had 20 hours of riding in the car with Charlie. And for 20 hours, he was asking me the biggest questions that life has to offer us. Like, why do people die? Why does God make bad things? Why does God make sharks? I'm not going to tell you the next question. (laughs) I'm debating on whether to tell you the next one. But questions all over the map. He's asking these crazy questions that honestly, I don't really want to have to answer (laughs) And, uh, and but, but he's just, all these questions, and so the, the two-year-old is, why? The, and so that you get one question all the time. This is kind of a cycle I'm, I'm coming back to. So the two-year-old, it's always, why, why, why? You're hearing the same question over and over, and then you get to like five years old, and you get just this vast array of questions, and then you get married, and if you're a man, and you're not a very good listener, and your wife asks you to do something, and you procrastinate, and you don't do it. And she asks you again. You get that one question over and over again, which is, will you go take out the trash? Or will you go change the laundry? Or why haven't you done this? And so we have questions all the time. But what we want to talk about today is the big five questions. These are all the questions that came up on the video. Those are things that maybe you ask yourself on a daily basis. Maybe you hear questions from other people, from kids from a spouse, from whoever, but, but these are the questions that you need to answer on a daily basis. And so we're gonna to start today with number one, and this is the most important question, and it's this, who do you say I am? Now, that, I'm not asking that of you about me, but Jesus' question that we're gonna look at today to his disciples is, who do you say I am? The biggest question that you have to answer is who do you say that Jesus or that God is to you? The answer to that question will change your life. It will change the trajectory of your life. It'll change everything. And so we're gonna be looking today at Matthew chapter 16. And at this point, the disciples have been following Jesus. This is a little bit after the miracle of feeding thousands of people. And so, so the ministry's been growing. Things have been going well. The disciples have been following. And we come to Matthew 16, and, and it says this. Um, I'll read it, and you can follow along up there. It says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus turns it a little more personal and says, well, what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And listen to Jesus' reply. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. And so, so Jesus asked this big question, who do you say I am? But, but I want to look at this whole thing, and so I want to start with, with the first part. The disciples have traveled with Jesus, and, and Jesus' popularity has been growing because he's been doing miracles, he's been healing people, he's been feeding people, and great things are happening, and so, so people are noticing Jesus, people are following Jesus, and, and his popularity is growing. But when your popularity grows, something else happens, and the negative um, people, the people that are against you start to grow as well. And so, so this is a very polarizing time, and, and Jesus has been ministering, and, and people are saying things. And, and so Jesus asked the disciples an important question, and this is a question that we are still asking today, and it's this, who do people say that I am? He asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? What are you hearing? What do people say about me? And his disciples say, well, they, they, they say that you're John the Baptist, you know, like you're the second coming of John the Baptist, or, you know, you're the second coming of Elijah, or you're Jeremiah, or you're, you're one of the prophets, and these are all pretty nice answers, aren't they? Like, that's good. People are saying positive things about Jesus. They're, these are all big-time people, and, and in the history of time and in the history of faith. And so the people around him are seeing and saying good things about him. But, but, but that's not all that Jesus is. And, and those answers are not right. And I was thinking about this. They've done polls recently about who we say that Jesus is, who people today say that Jesus is. And did you know that if we went out And we ask people all across Cincinnati or all across the United States who Jesus is, we would get a lot of answers that were nice answers. Most people have a high opinion of who Jesus is. They say, He seems like a good guy. He seemed like he lived in a way that was positive. He seemed like he helped people. He seemed like he did good things. And and so the answers we would get today are probably similar, maybe a little bit less, you know, biblical, but similar to the answers that the disciples gave that people were saying positive things about Jesus. They were saying, hey, he's a prophet. He's one of those great guys. And the answers that we would get today would be similar. He's a good guy. He's a great teacher. He lived a good life. But they're not totally right because that's not all that Jesus is. And so so too many people live as if Jesus, and and I'll be honest with you, I think too many people in the church, too many people that call themselves followers of Christ live as if Jesus is just a good teacher or as if Jesus just did a bunch of good things and is somebody that can help me have a, a better life. But, but that's not who Jesus is. The truth is, you can have a high opinion of Jesus, but if Jesus is not your Messiah and your King, then you don't really know who Jesus is. And you're missing something huge because there are lots of good teachers. And there are lots of people who, who live good lives and there are lots of people who do good things in the community. But Jesus is different. Jesus is the Messiah King. And so so Jesus is asking, you know, who do people say that I am? And they give those good answers. But then Jesus presses the matter, and he really wants to get to the bigger question, the question that we're asking today. And so, so then he turns it to the disciples, and he says, all right, I ask you who everyone else says that I am. Now, who do you say that I am? I want to stop right now, and I I want to ask you this question, and you don't have to say it back to me, but, but I want you to think about this. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus a good teacher? Is Jesus somebody that you come sing about so that you can have a little bit better life? Is Jesus somebody who did some good in the world? Or is Jesus your Messiah and your King? Who is Jesus to you? See, the disciples, I'm thinking they're sitting there, and the first question was pretty easy. This is like when, when I'm with Charlie, some of the questions he asks are pretty easy, and I can just answer them. But then he, he gets to some more difficult questions, and the first question, it's easy. What is everyone saying about me? There's, there's no skin in the game for that for the disciples. That's easy. Well, they're saying this. They're saying this. They're not going to get in trouble for what other people are saying but then Jesus says what about you this would be like instead of me asking you these questions or saying turn to the person next to you this would be like me taking that microphone and coming out there and asking you who do you say Jesus is I'm just kidding (laughs) some of you getting nervous I just I just want you to wake up that's all I feel like you're sleeping on me come on get with me here who do you say that Jesus is? It becomes real. And, and, and so he asks that question of the disciples. And Peter, who usually has no problem answering questions or, or speaking up or, or stepping out, Peter offers an answer. The truth is, in this room, there's probably a handful of people who are like Peter, who if I asked that question and I brought that mic around, you'd be the first ones to jump up and say, I'll answer. But that's who Peter is. And so so Peter says, he says this. Uh, I better get back to it. He says, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. So everybody else says you're a teacher, you're a prophet, you're a good religious person. But I say that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You are God himself. You are the Messiah that we've been waiting for. You are the Savior, the King Peter offers that answer. That's a a good answer, by the way. Peter makes a huge statement. You are God. See, Peter's been following Jesus. And I was thinking about this this morning. When when Jesus comes to them on the boat, when he's walking on water and Peter's in the boat, he says, Hey, if you are the Son of God, then tell me to walk to you on the water. And, And Peter at this point says, I know you are the Son of God, you're the Messiah, you're the King. Listen, if, if that's your answer this morning, you're in a good place. You're in a really good place. If not, I want you to be in a good place this morning. I want you to know Jesus. And so Peter makes this huge statement. You are the, you're the Messiah. You're the long-expected Messiah. You're the Son of God. Peter got it right. He hit the nail on the head, and Jesus responds with some pretty awesome stuff. It says in verse 17, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Listen to this part. All of us probably want to hear things like this. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Peter passed the test. Jesus asked the big question, and Peter answered, and he passed the test. And Jesus comes back, and he says, blessed are you, because you've heard this from God. And you know who I am. And you are Peter, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And guess what? Nothing is going to stop it, not even the gates of Hades. And so Jesus says this huge thing. I want us to look at this. First, Jesus says that could have only come from God. It could have only come from above. Here's the first truth I want you to understand today. You cannot really know who Jesus is unless you are intimately connected to God the Father and to Jesus the Son and to the Holy Spirit. The only way you can truly know God, you can't know it by reading a book. You can't know it by singing a song. You can't know it by just hanging out with good people or doing good things. You have to be in a relationship with the Creator God and with Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit who are, we call that the Trinity. They're three in one. And so he says, blessed are you because this was revealed from above. The best way to know Jesus is to be intimately connected with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God. I was thinking about this. You, you probably, if you're married or if you've ever been in love, then you probably remember meeting that person. And you probably looked at them and you thought, that person's pretty good looking. I kind of like that person. <laughs> Maybe some of you were like, oh, that's the person for me. Maybe, maybe you had one of those moments where you saw them and you were like, that's the person for me. And so you saw them and, and you are attracted to them immediately, but what's the next phase of that? Somebody help me out. You get to know them, yes. You don't just get to know them. If you really love somebody, what do you do? You spend almost all your time together. This is the the old college thing where all the guys hang out and then one guy sees a girl that he really likes and all of a sudden we don't see that guy anymore because he wants to spend all his time getting to know her. And then maybe that progresses and maybe you get to the point where where you take your relationship to the next level and you get married and you tie the knot. But occasionally this thing happens in marriage. See, we see this person and we're drawn to them and then we try to spend every waking moment getting to know them better and then we, we get to the point where maybe we stop investing our time in that relationship and getting to know them. And, and one of the things that we hear all the time from relationships that are, that are breaking up or that are having hard times is, I feel like I don't even know them anymore. What, What's really happening when you get to the point where you don't know each other anymore? You know what's not happening? You're not spending time together. You're not connecting with each other. And this is so easy to do in a relationship. It's it's easy to get, get your stuff in your schedule and somebody else's stuff in their schedule. And you stop spending time together and you stop getting to know each other better. And all of a sudden it feels like you're in two completely different places. The most important thing we can do is know Jesus through knowing the Father and being filled with the Spirit and that happens as we invest ourselves completely in a relationship as we spend time daily getting to know Jesus. But when we stop doing that, there starts to be a distance there and and we stop understanding who Jesus is, and so the best way to know God and to spend is to, sp- to know God is to spend regular time in the presence of God through prayer, through reading God's word, through being a part of worshiping together with God's people. That's the best thing that you can do to know Jesus. And so Peter gives the right answer. Jesus says. You're right, and that's because God has shown you, because you've been with me. See, Peter had been with Jesus every day. He had watched what Jesus did. He knew Jesus well, and so he knew that this was the Messiah. And so then, I want to move forward. Then Jesus says this. He says, blessed are you, because this has been revealed from above. But then he says this. You are Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church. Now, I told Rick this week, we were sitting in the office, and I said, I'm super pumped up about this part. And he said, just get ready for people not to be pumped up with you. And I said, okay. (laughs) But this is cool stuff. Because, see, Peter says, I know who you are, Jesus. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus turns around and says, you're blessed. And guess what? You are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. So when Peter acknowledged who God was, who Jesus was, Jesus acknowledged who Peter was supposed to be, a rock on whom the church was going to be built. Now, I think sometimes we get caught up in thinking that Peter was that rock that the whole church was going to be built on, but I want to look a little This is what I'm getting excited about, and this is biblical studies it says you are peter the word used there is petros and the meaning of the word petros or peter you are peter is a small rock or a fragment of rock and so he says you are peter you are a small rock you are a fragment of rock and then he says and on this rock but the word he uses here is not petros he uses the word petra which is a collection of rocks, or a quarry, or a larger gathering of rocks. And so what he says is, Peter, you are a rock, you're, a, you're in the right place. But, but you are going to be connected with a lot of other rocks, and on this bigger rock, I will build my church. Now, this is why I'm so excited about this, because Peter got the answer right. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. Now, you are a rock, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Why this excites me so much is because guess what? We all have the opportunity to be rocks, to be a part of this. It's not just Peter. It's anybody who acknowledges Jesus as their Lord and King and Savior. I'm excited. Are you excited? Come on. You're right. Thank you. See, they're excited. Told you, Rick. (laughs) This is exciting stuff. And Jesus says, You are Peter. You're a rock. You've got it. And on this rock, I will build. My church. God is not just building his church on Peter in that one statement. God is building his church through everyone that comes together to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In fact, Peter didn't take this the wrong way. Peter knew this because if we look at First Peter chapter two, Peter says this: As you come to Him, the living stone, that being Jesus, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Christ Jesus. So what we're doing here today is not just paying homage to something that happened so long ago. We are acknowledging that Jesus is Lord, we're worshiping God, and we as Petros, as rocks are making up the Petra, the rock, that Jesus is building his church on. This is good stuff. And and so the number one thing, I want to make something very clear to you today. The number one thing that you need to be a part of God's kingdom, the number one thing that you need, the number one prerequisite or precursor to being a part of God's kingdom is knowing who Jesus is. It's not about how talented you are this is good news for a lot of you it's not about how talented you are it's it's not about how good looking you are that's good news for me it's it's not about what you can do or any of that it's not about anything about you other than do you know who jesus christ is is jesus your Lord and Savior because see in scripture we see over and over again where untalented or unworthy people put their faith and trust in God and were used to do miraculous things because the biggest thing that you need this morning is to know who Jesus is not be perfect not follow a set of rules Not have perfect attendance, although we like that when you come to church. But the most important thing you can do is to know who Jesus is. Why is that? It's because all of the power and all of the glory and all of the work that's going to be done is going to be done through the power of Jesus, not us. And so the biggest thing you can do this morning is know exactly who Jesus is. And and it moves on, and it says this. Jesus says, you are Peter, and on this rock I am building my church. And this next part is so good. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I I, I should hear some amens on that one. The gates of Hades will not overcome the church that Jesus is building. The gathering of rocks that come together, that are built on the cornerstone, that are being built into the kingdom of God, guess what? Even the gates of hell cannot overcome it. This is is amazing stuff. This is why it's so important to to know Jesus, because if we know Jesus, we are connected to the rock, and guess what? Nothing's going to stop the kingdom of God from coming and being built. This, if we know Jesus, we have no reason to live in fear. Amen. We don't have to fear sickness. I'm sorry. We don't have to fear cancer. We don't have to fear losing our job or being hated. We don't have to fear the evil in the world around us. I'm sorry, this just got real personal. Because if we know Jesus, we know God's kingdom is coming and nothing can stop it. I'm sorry but I'm so excited because I know Jesus and I know that if we are connected to Jesus nothing nothing can overcome God's kingdom and if we know Jesus guess what we have a life that we could never have apart from Jesus and nothing could take that away nothing we have no reason to fear And see, I'm afraid sometimes we in the church start to live in a place of fear because we feel like the the kingdom of hell or the kingdom of Hades is building this army and it's we've got to protect ourselves and, oh no, they're coming. The world's so evil, it's coming. What are we going to do? But here's the thing. If you know Jesus, you got nothing to worry about. Because it doesn't say that the kingdom of hell is building its kingdom and God's kingdom will not overcome it. It says the kingdom of God is being built and the kingdom of hell will never overcome it. And so we can stand firm today if we know Jesus. Nothing, nothing can take our peace and our confidence and our hope away. Nothing if we know Jesus Sometimes we get settled into this like bunker mentality of like we've gotta, we've gotta protect, we've got we've gotta hunker down, and we've gotta keep that evil kingdom out. That's not what this says. This says that Jesus is building his kingdom. And I think one of the mistakes we make in the church is, is we start to draw inward instead of moving outward and knowing that Jesus is building his kingdom and nothing's gonna stop it. And so knowing Jesus gives us the confidence to go and to share our faith and to live confidently in the face of a world that's struggling and hurting. And here's the good news. When we acknowledge Jesus as, our, as the king of our lives, we cannot be stopped. We cannot I'm not telling you your life's going to be perfect. I'm not telling you that you're never going to get sick. I'm not telling you that you're not going to face difficult times. But if you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior and is your King, you will have life eternal that cannot be taken from you. This is good news this morning. And so, who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is? This is such an important question for you. This is such an important question for us because if we get distracted into thinking that Jesus is just a a good guy that we're trying to help out his cause, if we get distracted into thinking that Jesus is just somebody that offers us teaching, if we just get distracted into thinking that that Jesus was a prophet or something, we're going to miss out on the kingdom being built through us. Who do you say Jesus is? The most important thing you can do, we said this earlier, is know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the number one way that you can do that is by daily asking yourself the question, who is Jesus to me? This is important. I'm going to go a little bit longer because this needs to be said. This is a daily thing. You can't ask that question today and answer it and then move on with your life. That's not going to work because there are too many distractions. You every day need to ask, who is Jesus to me? And so the first question, who is Jesus to you? And one of the most important things we can do on a regular basis is to know who God is, to reflect on who God is, and to praise God's name. We're going to have the band come up now, and and we're going to spend some time doing this, but I feel like there are two people in here, and, and I want to be very clear this morning that this is an important moment for all of us. There are a lot of you in here that would say, Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the King, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I know who Jesus is, that's great. Today, I want to ask you that question, and as we sing this last song, I want you to take time and I want you to to voice that to God. I want you to, to say, God, this is who you are to me. But there are some of you in here that maybe you know Jesus as a good teacher. Maybe you know Jesus as a guy who lived a good life. Maybe Jesus is something that's just on the periphery or something that's just a, a piece of your life and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and your Messiah. Today, if that's you, I want to invite you to get to know Jesus. I want to invite you, as we sing this last song, to pray it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't, you don't have to be a perfect Christian to pray this prayer. You don't even have to be a Christian to pray this prayer. But you say, Lord, I want to know who you are. I want to know you as my king, as my savior, as my Messiah. If you've never gotten to that point, the most important thing you could do today and every day is know Jesus as your king. And so I want you to stand together and we're going to sing this last song. And for some of you, I want you to I want you to express to God who God is to you. I want you to say God, I love you. This is who you are. This is I believe in you. But if there are some of you that have never had a relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you to just pray and ask God to come into your heart and to be a part of your life, and to be your king. Father, as we sing together and as we pray together, Lord, I just pray that each and every one of us today will know the answer, who is Jesus to you, and that the answer won't be the wrong answer, but it will be that you are our Lord and Savior. You are everything to us. I pray, Lord, that each one of us would be stones that are gathered together to build your kingdom. I pray that each and every one of us right now right now, would have time together with you to know you and build our relationship with you in Jesus' name. In this song, at the song, in the middle of the song, we're going to take a, an extended break in the song with music behind it. And I want you to pray, whatever prayer it is you need to pray, to say, this is who you are to me, Jesus, or I want to know you, Jesus. Let's sing together and let's pray together.